welcome. Thanks for joining us for the Horton Group One Thing Podcast. My name is Robin Bettenhausen, and I'm here with my co-host, Tom Callai, and we are super excited about today's guest, Art Vera. Art is the founder and CEO of Zuniga Health. And I think what makes the most sense today is to really dive in and talk about why Zuniga Health, what's happening in the marketplace, and I think help to answer the question that I get all the time from clients about why are there only a few health insurance carriers out there? What's new? Where else can we look? Um, why are there only a few? So Art, welcome. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you. I look forward to our conversation. Wonderful. So I guess tell us, how was the idea of Zuniga born? I know it has a little bit to do with your grandpa. And so tell us how that was born and really how you're trying to sort of honor or hope to emulate in Zuniga as it comes to your grandfather. Well, I've spent about 25 years in the payer market, commercial, Medicare, uh, Medicaid, government-sponsored health plans. And just like a lot of families in, in the U.S. that were affected by COVID, uh, my family was affected by COVID through a loss of a family member. So that required me to go back to Chicago and really, you know, uh, be with the family. And while I was there, uh, three things sort of occurred. Um, the discussion around my nephews who are, you know, in the millennial, younger generation, centered around the loss of, you know, our family member, but also the topic of insurance came up. How does, how does now, given this pandemic, individuals deal with uh, the cost of taking care of one's loved one, you know? And that was sort of surprising to me that insurance was a kind of a topic. And then second, um, being born and raised in Chicago, I went to the area that uh, my family's from, which is the Halsted Maxwell Street area, which was known as the Ellis Island of the Midwest uh, at the time when my grandfather immigrated from Mexico to Guanajuato, from Guanajuato, Mexico to Chicago, and opened a market called Alfonso's Grocery in 1929. People like to claim Chicago is their city, but they're talking about coming in the 80s. My grandfather was there in, the, in 29, and for 30 years, he provided the groceries and butcher shop to all of the immigrants that built Chicago. The Irish that then settled in the back of the yards, the Germans, the Italians, the Jewish community, the Hispanic community that was entering through the Pilsen area, 18th Street. And so that, that then really struck me that my father, grandfather's legacy was really giving back to working class uh, families who were building Chicago. And I took all of my knowledge in insurance and said, why don't I package that knowledge to give back to working individuals who are now the new generation building Chicago. And part of that new generation were Hispanics. Uh, and so Hispanics in Illinois are the largest minority employed group that outpaced every other group in the state. Uh, and they're also the fastest homeowners, both in Chicago and in the western suburbs. And so I took my 25 years of healthcare health plan experience and said, let's address uh, a model for working, uh, working families that are in small and mid-sized employers. 
and that was the, that was the impetus for Zuniga. And Art, you mentioned that you had spent you know, years consulting in health uh, insurance. Is there something that you saw in the space, a void or an opportunity that really drew you or moved you to start Zuniga? Yes, yes. It, it really first became during the Obama years when the ACA came out to try to build affordable you know, access to care through the Affordable Care Act. And one of the things that really sort of struck me in my years of health insurance was that every time somebody wanted to, they had insurance, but they wanted to access it, uh, they had to pay money. And I was like, wow, that's an interesting model. <laughs> you have insurance, you want to access your services, and now you have to pay money out of pocket. So I looked at plan designs that were really incentivizing, and, and then data shows, data shows that people that are insured don't actually access the insurance because of the cost factors in doing it. So you have insurance, you need care, uh, you're working, but you're not accessing the service. The second was that employers were being uh, crushed by double-digit increases uh, out there. And when you, when you have a balance sheet, and the balance sheet has a line item that says cash reserve, cash reserve, small businesses don't have a line item that says cash reserve. Right. They're, 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 they're building those businesses sometimes paycheck to paycheck and trying to get those companies off the ground. And so um, the space that was neglected was the small and mid-sized employers who were being really sort of crushed with uh, premium increases. And then the most shocking thing that I read, one thing about going to Harvard, you do a lot of research before you do anything. So maybe that was a good part of my training, uh, was that the research showed that one out of five working employees don't pick up their meds because of the copay. Wow. These are people that have jobs and I, and I reflected that comment to somebody I know here in Miami, and they were like, that, no, that, that's not true. That's like maybe $10. That's like $20. I said, well, you know, you may be able to drop, you know, $100 at dinner and not blink, you know, with your wife. But you know, working families, kid-to-table economics, it's important. That's, that's, that's a big number. When you have a $10 for the husband, a $20 for the wife, maybe a $5 for the child, and now, you know, people are making decisions. Do I take my meds? Do I even pick them up? It said one out of five don't even go and get the medicine. So right. when you think about some of those major conditions, those medications are helping to keep in check, not having those meds makes a huge difference in the long run. Exactly. And then one of the things from my own family background, my mother had diabetes, and when she was alive and they wanted to send her to a place for self-management to learn how to manage her diabetes. And I was speaking with her and I said, <laughs> I said, where do you have to go? Well, it, 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 it was like a one and a half hour bus ride. She never had a license. She didn't drive a car. And then I asked her, well, is it in Spanish? Los clases están en español? She's like, no, it's all in English. So how would she benefit from any of that? Yeah, so many obstacles to get 
the care that you need. Exactly. So the other part that I was thinking through with Zuniga is how do we actually speak to the Hispanic population, speak to them so that they know that this service is available, that they know that they can can access care and then uh, build a plan design that incentivizes that as well as and it gives the employer, there has to be something that would drive the employer to really make the decision. Because I spent a number of years also in the self-funded space. And how do we, and self-funded was really uh, a cost driver for employers, shifting from fully insured to self-funded as a way of trying to control costs. And, but how do you actually get more money into the employer's pockets? And so, uh, designed a level funded model where uh, there's a potential for every employer to get 100% uh, of the unused claim fund surplus back. So for the first time now employers can have money uh, as a credit. So even if it's a small credit, 30,000, 50,000, 100,000, that, that's money that they can use for inventory, for staff, for another truck, right? Yeah, back into programming. All that. Yeah, so I took all of the elements of uh, the best model and put that together. I always, and all of us have heard that uh, in this whole dynamic around healthcare, that those in Washington have the Cadillac plan, right? The Cadillac plan. You kept hearing the Cadillac plan. And so I said, why can't working people have a Cadillac plan? Why do you have to be in government? Or right. Why do you, why do you have to be retired in Medicare to feel like you're, you're, you have the Cadillac plan? Why don't I get the Cadillac plan while I'm a working? Right, the previous 40 years of life. Yeah, while I'm on the, the working track, right? And so that was the, 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 the impetus of Zuniga. And then taking the family name um, was important to me for the legacy of my grandfather. And uh, I'm a member of the Texas Association, uh, Hispanic uh, Chamber of Commerce. Um, they advocate for about 60,000 Hispanic-owned businesses throughout Texas. And one of the things that they uh, were pleased on is that the company name wasn't a TikTok name, right? A name that you couldn't pronounce. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm not quite sure, you know, Zuniga, would be a name that people would perceive um, to be easy. And they said, they said, well, the chamber was founded in 1975 by Henry Zuniga. <laughs> so they said, Zuniga is not going to be, you know, an unknown name here in Texas. It's not going to be a problem. It's not a problem. Not a <laughs> it problem. also sticks out, which is great. Right. So what you've shared so far, just being a new healthcare plan out there, really focusing on certain areas of the community, certain types of individuals, it seems like it really fits a gap that was out in the healthcare space. So how are you getting the word out about Zuniga? Well, the, the, there's a couple of ways in which that, that brand is, is going out. And one specifically being associated with the Hispanic chambers. So I am in Illinois, uh, a member of the Illinois Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and met with the leadership there to really explain to them the value of the company, what we're doing. 
There's also a little village chamber of commerce uh, on 26th Street. That they are producing a more revenue uh, out of the 26th Street area than the West Loop right now wow. because of the, the growth of the businesses in the little village. And so uh, I'm a member of, of that, as well as I indicated, Tamak, the Texas uh, Mexican-American Chamber of Commerce. And it's really that venue. And then second, working through um, strong broker partners. And in Chicago, I'm happy that the partner is the Horton Group. I think we share a lot of things in synergy, and I kind of can talk about that, it, what I feel is strong. but uh, And it's really working through a broker channel that, that shares the same passion, that sh shares the same uh, mindset, as it, everyone says, that they have the same DNA that we have, and, and they do, right? From the from the appointment of Manny Franco as your vice president to the uh, strategy and commitment to um, the Hispanic market. And so uh, that's, that's a great synergy. And Art, you mentioned you know, a couple different things that were interesting. You know, you're targeting the Hispanic market, different structures. We call ourselves the One Thing Podcast. So if you had to boil it down and tell us what's the one thing that sets Zuniga apart from traditional insurance carriers, what would that be? One is, first of all, the name, and, and, and two, uh, we speak to them. Everything that we have in the model is both in English and in Spanish. One of the things that was quite striking when I spoke to the Illinois Hispanic Chamber, they said a lot of their members, and they advocate for a lot of the small businesses, uh, Hispanic businesses in, in Chicago, is that they those businesses don't even know where to call about insurance. And so we have, uh, if you look at the back of your, your ID card, uh, right now there's probably about three or four numbers back there. Like what, what number do I call? On Zuniga, there's one number. There's one number. And so that number is through a partnership with uh, MedWatch, their Pathway Concierge, and that that number, when you call that number, they will address everything you need in English and in Spanish, whether it be, how do I find a pediatrician 10 miles from my house that speaks Spanish? How do I have an EOB? I don't quite understand what, what this is. Anything, they will triage that through one number. Yeah, it harkens back to what you were saying about your mother and her trying to get treatment for diabetes, just eliminating barriers to receiving care. Correct. And, and fundamentally, in my mind, and, and I've worked for a lot of uh, wellness companies and wellness programs have done a, you know, a good job trying to keep people healthy. But a lot of times those models are kind of a carrot and a stick kind of approach, right? And I talked to one woman who said, yeah, there's a running challenge and all, every, this team signed up and they're running five miles at lunch and we're barely able to make it up the stairs to the office. So how are we going to compete in the running challenge? And so fundamentally to me, it was just three things. If you're working, go see your primary care doctor, go get a blood test and take your meds. And so for that basic care under the Zuniga model, we eliminated all co-pays. There are no co-pays for primary care, generic drugs, uh, imaging and, uh, and labs and imaging 
uh, copays for imaging can be up to fifty to a hundred dollars on a copay, and uh, and so those three things or four things that that really are what I would consider basic and preventative care. You don't open your wallet; you just go get the care and take a lab test, take your meds. It's so encouraging for people to know that what they pay out of their paycheck is going to cover them for when they go get those services. As you started at the top of the hour, just when people don't get that care, um, it's unfortunate, right? I mean, they're paying for it. The company's paying for it. So eliminating those barriers is super important. And that leads me, I guess, to my other question of, you know, you're new in, newer in the space, you're able to access through a lot of different um, associations and boards. So what have you seen as the results? What's the feedback that you're getting from groups that have signed on with Zuniga? It's, it's, it's incredibly positive. You know, one of the things that as we're, you know, we're launching and we're quoting now and we're saying, you know, our quotes are typically 15 to 20% lower, lower in premium. And then when you eliminate all these uh, out-of-pocket costs on the copay, and then the potential for the employer on the back end to have a savings through a level-funded model, and you have to kind of explain what that is, right? Uh, all of the premiums are calculated actuarially through some uh, through the risk pool of the population that sets the premium amount, and so once they pay one twelfth of the premium uh, every month. Um, if we adjudicate less than that projected amount in the premium, then that, that savings, uh, that excess surplus goes back to the, to the employer. But what happens if we exceed? What happens if we actually, in, in, a, in a scenario, we're projected to adjudicate a million dollars in claims and we adjudicate 800000 Well, there's a $200,000 surplus. But what happens in the opposite? What if we adjudicated a million to? Right? What if we went over? Right? There's part of the premium. There's a stop loss coverage, and so the stop loss carrier becomes a firewall that covers that uh, excess amount. When that those dollars hit the attachment point, uh, then that goes to the stop loss carrier for for payment. So the premium for the employer is level. It never goes up and it never goes down. But Hence the name level funded. And what you see in other uh, models is once that goes over, then there's, if, you know, based on the contract, the premium goes up uh, for the employer. And so they, they don't have any predictable budget, right? How do, you, how, do you, how do you have a predictable budget when the premium is variable, right? You know, and so, so those are all the good things. And getting back to COVID, one thing that we found out about COVID was that telemedicine became increasingly, it was, you know, I know some founders of telemedicine companies, uh, they exploded, right, through COVID. And so the health plans um, and Zuniga thinks telemedicine is definitely incredibly valuable. But the thing that was occurring and the data shows that when you have two or three free telemedicine visits, and then the third or fourth is about $30, $40, utilization drops. And so under Zuniga, telemedicine and telepsychiatry, unlimited. Oh, that's fantastic. Unlimited. 
as a parent of three kids, telemedicine visits have been fantastic for fantastic. <laughs> exactly. And so if you're a working person, don't want to go to urgent care and you have a swollen eye, get on a telemedicine console. They say, Oh, okay, we need to put an antibiotic. We'll prescribe that. You click off, didn't pay anything. It's your fifth visit. You go to Walgreens, CVS, you pick up the generic drug, antibiotic, boom, you're done. And easy peasy. Right. And I wanted unlimited telepsychiatry because there still is a stigmatism among the Hispanic populations to seek mental health services. Um, you know, you always, uh, both male and female, if there is, you know, some issue, then I think we can really address depression, anxiety, any of those conditions uh, through telepsychiatry, uh, behavioral health counsels, but to do that unlimited. If you're really having depression and you think, wow, I'm going to hit my third one and now I have to tell somebody I'm paying, you know, something out of our bank account to pay for the third one. Uh, I don't think you need to be exposing that. Just have it unlimited and seek the care you need. So it's really keeping um, working families healthy. That was, that's the whole, the whole goal. And being able to do that virtually at all hours or when yes. it's convenient for a working family is fantastic. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, uh, nobody knows when they're going to get sick, but when you do get sick, you need to be able to get the care, you know, immediately. One thing that I found, there's a lot of things that are out there on wellness and and healthcare, but nothing really happens. We don't go to parties and talk about, hey, what's your condition and what's your copay and what's your, what's your, no, nobody talks about that. But, right. but, but when two things happen, all of a sudden you want to know a lot about your insurance company when you're diagnosed with a condition mm -hmm. or you're scheduled for a procedure. Mm -hmm. When those two events occur, you're diagnosed with high blood pressure, congestive heart, you know, uh, or you're scheduled for a procedure, a PTCA, a stent, uh, you know, uh, all of a sudden you start Googling health information. You start going back through your enrollment papers saying, what did I sign up for? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look at my enrollment. Do I have enough medical benefits to cover this? Yeah. Right. And then you go on the whole family calling everybody who all have, you know, I mean, they all mean well, but they all have all the wrong information to tell you, <laughs> right? Because they had a friend that had this and that, that happened. And you're like, wow. I mean, so, <laughs> yeah, Too with much. Zuniga, it's, if you're scheduled for a procedure or diagnosed with a condition, you just, you know, you can even just call the, the, the concierge service, get all the information. And, or if not, then, you know, everybody wants to walk around with their insurance benefits in their smartphone because that's, right. that's the, the latest, on us. Mm -hmm. you know, and one of the things I realized recently, I saw a couple of people and they said, wow, you're carrying your whole television. I mean, the thing was pretty big. I was like, <laughs> well, I mean, there's gotta be a limit to, but we, we have all of that, uh, on Google play and, and Apple on a mobile app for Zuniga. And it has all of your wellness information, your, you know, your benefit. And one of the things that um, I found with the mobile app, the number one thing 
people use off the mobile app is the temporary ID card. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of all the things that it can do, you're, you're at the doctor's office, and for some reason, you're looking and you don't have the ID card. Right. Right? And, and now you got to call somebody or they got to call the office, and they, now it's just, here's a temporary ID card, boom, and... Ready to go. Yeah. Art, what would you say what has been the biggest challenge of starting Zuniga? The, I think the biggest challenge is, is always, you know, getting the name out, you know, getting the brand out because there's so much brand out there from the, from the major, you know, carriers. Uh, but, you know, the thing that is quite different for Zuniga is in, we're not venture-backed. Uh, I've worked for venture-backed companies. I've raised uh, $15 million of, and from some of the on a startup with the Silicon Valley premier venture capitalists. And um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm driven by, um, by growth, but, but the right level of growth. Right, so I don't have a need for unrealistic expectation numbers. You know, uh, if I told the board my projected numbers that I want to achieve, I'd be first on the list to be fired. You know, <laughs> because when you raise 10, 15, 20 million, you know, they, they have this expectation for growth uh, that, that, uh, that is. Hopefully it's attainable, but it's a, it's 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 the sea of cash that you're burning, right? And so I think good good growth in each market that we're in. I'm licensed currently in Florida, Illinois, and Texas, and building building that growth model um, has been quite quite rewarding and exciting, and and being able to uh, to tell the story when somebody says, uh, right now, if you had to call. The CEO and founder of one of the major carriers. How would you even find them? Well, I tell them I'm it. I'm I'm the founder and CEO of Zuniga Health, and and I have a team that is working with the same DNA that I have uh, around great value to to working families. Well, speaking of growth, and this is a good segue for me, but uh, it, it, it are things like that what has resonated so well with small to medium-sized employers with Zuniga? What's the thing that really, really hits, hit, hits them as the, the message? Yes. That, that they're gonna get a, a Cadillac service without paying um, exorbitant premiums. It's just, and also that they can actually get their employees to seek care that's needed without all these, without, the, without these barriers, right? When you tell someone there's no copay, they're like, well, why doesn't other carriers do that? Well, because I have a different cost structure model, right? I'm operating at a different, you know, level. I guess if you look at, and I've done this, look at salaries of the executives in major health plans and it's $5 million, $6 million salary. Uh, I'm not going to be making $5 million salary. <laughs> I can tell you that. You know, I'm going to have a very profitable company and, and, and a growth model, but it's really putting all of, the, all of the resources, you know, to enable a plan design that gets people incentivized. There, there's been a lot of discussion because of the, 
the need for care to go to, to a direct uh, provider, direct doctor model, um, direct contract doctor model. But you could still do that I mean, if you create a plan design that enabled all that access to, to doctors, right? I mean, um, you don't need to have to go to a direct, you know, model. So the biggest piece that people really want to know on the employer side is, you know, what's their network? What kind of doctors will my, will my, will my, uh, yeah, that's usually the first question my wife asks me. When yeah. <laughs> what, what's the doctor? I mean, am I going to kind of, you know, strip mall doctors or am I going right. to sort of work? And so we've contracted at Zuniga, the two of the largest premier networks in the country with hundreds of doctors and great facilities. And so access is not going to be to, uh, access is going to be to the best JCO rated facilities in the country. Um, on the physician and, and the network side. And so taking all of that, uh, those elements that I've learned and contracted and consulted with carriers for 25 years and took all the best pieces, right? Took all the best pieces and said, let me put the Zuniga puzzle together by putting all the best pieces uh, because if you were going to launch a company today in 2023, it's got to look different than a company in 2000. Right, because of, and so I took all of the best pieces in 2023 and laid those laid those all together, and then said, "Fantastic, you know, my model is is a company I could write down to a company of two employees up to 399, right? And so no one wants to no one wants to talk to a company of 10 people, but guess what? If you're a startup with 10 people you're a pretty good size startup, right? Right. You're a pretty good size. You know, when I started, when I, when, when we raised uh, 6 million from Sequoia Capital, there were just four of us. There's four people in the company. Unbelievable. And, and I was the chief technology officer. So I had to build all the, you know, IT infrastructure and I was a, a, a band of one, right? <laughs> I told everybody I'm the chief information officer, but I, but I'm the chief bottle washer because every time I go in the lunchroom, there's like dishes. So, you know, let's clean this place up. And most small and mid-sized employers are running lean and doing all those roles too. Wearing so multiple hats. Yeah. I guess as our last question of the day, what's next for Zuniga? It's just continued growth, you know, both in the markets that I'm in, but, you know, I want to expand to Colorado, Arizona, Nevada, right? All areas that have seen, you know, tremendous, tremendous growth, both in the Hispanic population, but in Hispanic businesses, Hispanic uh, entrepreneurs, right? And it's just amazing, uh, just by way of, you know, the numbers. When I went to my high school uh, in Chicago, my brother and I were the only two Hispanic students in the whole school. And now the school is... 90% Hispanic, right? And when I went to Boston and I was head of the Hispanic uh, student council for all of Metro, uh, Metro Boston, uh, there were only 300 Hispanic students in the whole Metro Boston area, 
Yeah. And, and I knew who they all were because we called every school, Wellesley, Boston, Boston University, and we had everybody, everybody, you know, on the registers. So I knew every student who was in every Boston University, and those numbers have changed, right, uh, now. And, uh, and just in Illinois, I, I went to the University of Illinois, Chicago, and when I was there, Hispanic students of Mexican descent, out of 18,000 students, we're, there were only 200 of us at the time. I think that's what I'm most excited about for Zuniga is just the representation that you're bringing to the marketplace, that there was a void. Yes. It's very exciting, and I, I think anyone listening is going to feel the same way. Yep, and then, you know, you know the synergy with, with Horton is, is great, right from the fact that both companies are family names. The Horton is a family name. Uh, Zuniga is a family name. Then second, the commitment to, that Horton has to small and mid-sized employers for services, both on the health, property casualty side, your, your full line of business that you have, as well as the full line of services that Zuniga has for small and mid-sized employers. And then third, just the commitment also to the Hispanic community, right? It, it's, it's just, that was the synergy that was just the perfect timing, right, of, of where the market's at. And um, so, yeah, so I took off, took off, stopped the consulting and said, let's, let's, put all these pieces together. I know what they are and build the best, you know, trading partners to pull all the elements together, build a team that has the same DNA uh, structure that I have, that has the passion uh, every day, every day. And then, uh, you know, so I think there's great things that are, that are gonna, going to occur. Art, I think you're doing great work, and I think your grandfather would be proud of uh, you doing the name Honor. Yes, thank so, you. Thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you next time on One Thing. Thank you. Thanks, Art. It's, it's a pleasure. Bye now.